Broadcasting from our studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for the business of Southern sports, or as we like to call it, the boss. The boss is presented by Dirty Girl Mixers. Get your mix fix. And by Rectech Grills. Join the Rectech lifestyle. Now, here is the host of the boss, Roger Maness. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Boss Podcast, the business of Southern sports. I am Roger Manus, and we are joined today by Brandon Hutchison, the Executive Vice President and General Manager of Atlanta Motor Speedway. Hi there, Brandon. How are you? I'm doing great, Roger. Thank you having me. Thank you for having me on today, man. It's a uh, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Well, we appreciate the time, and we love talking about sports, and we love talking about the business of sports. And boy, did Atlanta Motor Speedway have a major announcement within the last week or two? Two races in 2021. Tell us about it. You know, Roger, it's been a decade since we uh, lost the second race date at Atlanta Motor Speedway. So. Being excited to have a second race back for 2021 would be an understatement. We're thrilled and uh, just looking forward to 2021 for sure. Tell me about the logistics, conversations, politics, backdoor handshaking. What goes on to getting a second race back at AMS? <laughs> All of the above, right? <laughs> you know, it's it's no easy feat with so many races on the schedule um, so many great tracks to be able to go to, so many great markets, and, and just a ton of fans around the country. It's a, a hard puzzle to put together, no doubt. But ever since we lost the race back in 2010, it was uh, an aim of ours to be able to, to fight to get that second race date back. And I think that, you know, it's, it's been a long time coming. Um, no real secret handshakes, I guess, but uh, just a lot of Political uh, stance and, and working with NASCAR right now, Speedway Motorsports and NASCAR uh, are, are able to work closer together, I think, than they ever have before. So it, it really was just a, a labor of love for the leadership at Speedway Motorsports and working with NASCAR to finally get a second date back on the calendar at Atlanta Motor Speedway. All right, we've got a lot to unpack there. So first, let's just do the dates of the races. You've got March 21st and July the 11th, and I know you probably want to mention the sponsors of those races, and it's a mouthful for me, so uh, go ahead and throw those in when you want to. But March 21, July 11th, what do fans need to do in this COVID world to go ahead and try to secure tickets and things like that when you may not know exactly where assigned seats can be yet? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 uh, this past March had to be paused because of COVID. And, uh, you know, we were able to run it in early June with no fans. But uh, the cool thing that that I think that we did uh, surrounding the whole pandemic was give fans options, right? You could get a complete refund by going online and filling out a form, or you could roll your tickets over to 2021 among a couple of other options actually. So if fans want to come to the Folds of Honor Quick Trip 500 March 21st or the Quaker State 400 presented by Walmart July 11th, they just got to let us know. You know, it's uh, they can go online to atlantamotorspeedway.com, let us know that they want to be here for one or both of those races and a ticket representative will will be back in touch with them. We're doing the very best we can right now to place everybody as close as possible to where they would desire to sit. Um, but because of limited capacity surrounding the pandemic, you know, we're going to do everything within our power to make sure that happens. But 
Um, they just got to let us know that they want to be here. We're going to, it's a first come first serve basis. So those that had purchased tickets for 2020, let us know you want to be here. We'll place them in seats first and then go right on down the line. So again, just a product of letting us know you want to be here. Well, I know I'm very excited about the second race. You mentioned that it had, I guess, the the 50 year run of two races at AMS. Uh, I remember those. I was very saddened when they when we lost the second race and very glad to have it back. However, it's not guaranteed past 2021. Is that correct? And what will Atlanta need to do to secure it past 2021? Well, NASCAR has worked real hard trying to put together a, a schedule for 2021 that not only gets back to some key markets within the industry, um, but also changes up the schedule. You'll see Bristol on dirt. You'll see a couple of more road courses thrown into the mix. So anything beyond 2021 for any of us really would just be speculation. So, you know, we're, we're excited about having the race date back for 2021. I think that uh, what we need is support, right? You know, we, we need people to support the Speedway by buying tickets, coming out and seeing a race live. If you haven't seen a race live, it's really one of those bucket list items that uh, you really, if it's not on your bucket list, it should be. And if you can't make it to the race, then tune in on, on television and, you know, support us that way. It, it's, it's a great opportunity for the fans in this market who have always supported Atlanta Motor Speedway to get back twice and really prove to the world that, uh, you know, Atlanta Motor Speedway deserves two races. What's interesting to me about NASCAR as a sport, especially this year, well, that's two things, I guess, in the last six months. The pandemic hit, and most sports have now adjusted to try to figure out a way to get back into play and all that, but but NASCAR was on the front end of that. Uh, you know, we, when we lost fans, but we still wanted to get the competition going, so there was an aggressiveness there. And secondly, there's an aggressiveness to mix it up a little bit for next year with the scheduling and with the, I mean, they're going dirt at Bristol, as you mentioned. I think uh, one of the road courses they're adding is in the infield at Indianapolis, I believe. Is that correct? Um, it is. And, and they've added Road America as well. Um, Speedway Motorsports has worked out a, uh, an opportunity to race on Circuit of the Americas in Austin. So, yeah, they've added a, a few road courses to the mix. And uh, it's sure to be exciting. You know, again, the the dirt on Bristol spring race will be a first time ever for the Cup Series um, at Bristol Motor Speedway. And then the All-Star race has moved to Texas Motor Speedway, and the fans will certainly love that. You know, Charlotte Motor Speedway is the the mecca of, of all things racing. They'll certainly have a, a great spring and fall race as well. But moving that All-Star race to, to Texas uh, really gave us the ability to move the the spring race at Texas back to Atlanta Motor Speedway, and then the uh, the race at the Circuit of the Americas. So uh, great opportunities with the schedule all around. What did you learn running a race without fans? How tough was that? I learned that it was not as much fun as hosting a race with fans. Right. You know, at heart. We're race fans. We're in this sport. And most everyone who's in the sport of NASCAR is in it because they love racing. So for us to open our doors and not be able, be able to welcome fans into the facility was, uh, was something that was a lot different for us. And quite honestly, again, not that much fun. We were excited to be able to bring live sports back to fans via the television um, so that was a, a very, very big responsibility of us because even though we didn't have the thousands and thousands of fans here, we still did have hundreds of people that came into our community that wouldn't otherwise be here. 
And during such a sensitive time, you know, that's important. So we put protocols in place by working with uh, medical officials, with NASCAR, and really developed protocols that was able to keep everybody that was here safe. So it was weird, but it was a, a learning experience at the same time. What kind of feedback have you gotten from fans since the announcement of the second race? The the true NASCAR fan in the area that has craved to get that second race back. What kind of feedback have you gotten about their excitement for 2021 and having a second race in Atlanta? You know, it's interesting. I, I find myself internally starting to smile when you talk about the second race back at Atlanta Motor Speedway. It just, uh, it's so exciting for us as a team here at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And I think that excitement has been matched by, by the fans in the market. You know, we've had an overwhelming positive response to the announcement, not just in this community, but across the entire state of Georgia. So I think for the entire state, it's a shot in the arm. It'll be good for our economy and the economy of, of Georgia rebounding. But it's additionally exciting for those that live in this community. And for, like you said, you know, for the first 50 years of our existence, we had two races. To lose the race was nothing that uh, any of us wanted, anybody in the community wanted. to. So to have it back, is is very exciting. Yeah, it's kind of rare here to uh, get a second chance in this market. Atlanta lost uh, hockey twice. I bet we don't ever get hockey again. So it's, I'm, glad, I'm glad NASCAR has brought a second race back here. Um, that second race, July 11th. Now, weather in Georgia, you know, it runs the gamut. You know, you may get you may get lucky and it be a cool day, but it's probably going to be hot. Um, obviously, the, that's a, that's a racing question as well because of tires and a hot track, but. Um, just what are your thoughts about having a, having a race on that particular weekend? You know, I I think that having a race date in the summer can, can be a double-edged sword. We're excited about the opportunity for kids to be out of school, for families to have the opportunity to come out here, spend three days with us and make it a mini vacation. They don't have to juggle, uh, school life, uh, around what they want to do with, with their racing schedule. So for us, that's very exciting. As far as the weather goes, we, we live in Atlanta, right? So, you know, in the, in the spring and in the fall, we get about two weeks of perfect weather. And then it's either uh, really, really hot for us or really, really cold for us. I'm an Atlanta native, so uh, I know all about it. I think that July 11th represents a, a great date for us to be able to showcase the facility to the, the state of Georgia, to the United States, um, have everybody come in and camp with us. But it'll no doubt be summertime in Atlanta, so I expect some warmer temperatures but as an entertainment facility, we prepare for that, and we'll do the same for this event and prepare so that our fans can be as comfortable as possible, uh, no matter what date we were to run. One of the things we like to do on the Boss Podcast uh, of our guests is kind of ask them their background so that anybody who might be listening that's younger, that might want to be envisioning their career path, you know, how did this person get there? I, I've always given advice to interns and things like that. If you want to be an athletic director at a college, Go research what athletic directors did to get there. Chart your own path. You know, as the executive vice president and general manager at Atlanta Motor Speedway, you've been there a quarter century, and you literally worked your way up from being an intern. Is that correct? Can you just tell me your your career path? Yeah, you know, uh, I joke sometimes that this is the only job I've ever had, (laughs) you know, so it's been a passion of mine for a long, long time. But no, as I said just a few seconds ago, you know, I'm an Atlanta native. Uh, I grew up in North Gwinnett County, and Played sports my whole life. I wasn't far from Lanier Speedway, which is a short track in Brazelton, Georgia. Uh, so we would go up there on the weekends and, and watch uh, watch the short track races at Lanier. So that's where I developed my 
intrigue of racing, but um, being a fan of sports, just knew that I wanted to be in sports. So I went to school at Georgia Southern University in Statesboro and did an internship coming out of college, wanted to be in sports. There was an internship available at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And I really never looked back, you know, from the first time that I was uh, able to, to put on an event here, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I'm all about customer service. I'm all about people pleasing. So for me to be able to put on events and uh, much less one of the top tier professional sporting events in the world um, is just exciting for me. But to, to be able to cre- create mem- memories for, for families uh, that'll last a lifetime and maybe create fans. That's what's so special to me. So started here as an intern and uh, just knew from day one that this is where I wanted to be. Your predecessor, uh, Ed Clark, uh, we talked before the podcast. He's still a little involved. Uh, talk to me about not only Ed, I guess, perhaps serving as a mentor for you over the years, but the Atlanta Motor Speedway's pursuit of um, – you know, a casino gaming complex and hotel and amphitheater and movie theaters and restaurants and whatever it is, all you're trying to, to attach um, to the speedway down there. Well, Ed's been great to me. If it were not for Ed Clark, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today. He gave me my first opportunity in, in this industry and really has been a, a great support for me. As you said, a mentor for me for the past 25 years. So he and I still talk regularly. As a matter of fact, we were together uh, just this week, you know, his role at Atlanta Motor Speedway now is he, he has retired, but uh, is still working on uh, the gaming initiative for us. As you know, sports betting, um, horse racing and casino gambling have been top topics of discussion for the past couple of years in the state of Georgia. And, uh, you know, we would like to see a full blown entertainment complex built at Atlanta Motor Speedway, you know, right here in Henry County. Uh, there's ample space for it on our campus. Um, team that with us already being an event facility, um, hosting many, many entertainment functions throughout the year. It would just be a great fit for us. Um, and we're supporting that initiative. Ed is, is working closely on this with the state level um, to try to make sure that everybody knows what our plan is. It's not just to build a casino and have it sit off in one of our turns. It's about a full-blown entertainment complex. We're talking about hotels, shopping, retail, um, amphitheater, water park, um, amusement rides. A, a, A very small percentage of what we envision would actually be a casino. If the entertainment side of things doesn't come with it, it just doesn't work. So that's what we're interested in. Unfortunately, it didn't make it to the floor to get voted on this year. So uh, our initiative now is just to make sure that uh, when the time is right, um, the people of the state of Georgia get to vote on whether they would like to uh, to pass it or not. And when the time is right, you guys are prepared. You have your plan in place, which I think is fantastic and forward thinking. It's funny, a lot of people that you, that you talk to, they don't realize how busy AMS is is year round, non-pandemic, of course, um, as just a facility for other things beyond the NASCAR race. Talk to us about what goes on at AMS year round, if you could. Yeah, we rent the facility out on, on a normal year. We would right. rent the facility out over 300 days a year. We've actually had uh, quite a bit of, of business during the pandemic, uh, parking rental cars. We had 20,000 rental cars parked here at one time. We're currently in the middle of a drive-in concert series. So every Friday and Saturday night, 
for the next month or so. We'll have a, a drive-in concert series in one of our parking lots. We've got the Georgia State Fair going on right now. We have new line automobile introductions take place typically every spring and fall. We've got driving schools that are on track throughout the year as well. So we stay quite busy. You know, most of most people wonder what we do the rest of the year. We have a pretty vibrant uh, uh, portfolio of events throughout the year. We've got the Summit Racing Equipment Atlanta Motorama, which happens every spring, which is one of the Southeast's largest car shows. We've got a drag race series that takes place every Friday night throughout the summer, the O'Reilly Auto Parts Friday Night Drag Series. One of the largest, if not the largest, eighth-mile street drag racing series in the world. Um, so we stay pretty busy throughout the year, no doubt. Having the second race on July 11th um, added to the portfolio is certainly certainly exciting for us, um, but it just means we'll be working that much harder next year. Well, that's one of the things that's of interest to me. I, I have had people mention to me before, well, you know, what kind of sense does it make to attach an entertainment complex to that facility? Because the facility is rarely used, and I know the facility is used all the time. Uh, you only know maybe maybe you only pay attention to the to the one cup race or now two cup races, but that facility has people in and out of there all of the time. So um, the natural extension would be to attach the the uh, entertainment complex to it. Yeah, we welcome over a million guests to our facility every year outside of just the NASCAR events. So the infrastructure is in place already um, to the facility. As you know, we've got two state highways that that come right into the facility or pass right by the facility. Um, And again, the, the infrastructure lends itself well to small and large events. It doesn't matter whether it's an event for 30 people or an event for 50,000 people or more, we can handle it. So, you know, and you, you couple that with the gaming initiative and one of the gaming partners coming in here and partnering with us, you know, they bring so much to the community in additional infrastructure, which is something, you know, very similar to, to not knowing what we do the rest of the year. Um, once you sit back and look at the full picture, the infrastructure that can be improved to the community with the gaming initiative coming on board can be pretty impressive. Well, and as we mentioned, NASCAR adjusted very aggressively to the pandemic to get the events going again uh, without fans. So, I mean, the season has been going gangbusters. Um, Let's talk racing. How's it going to finish here? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I don't know, you know, and, and NASCAR will be the only professional sport in the U.S. to run a full season to to be able to lay claim to that this year is quite impressive from the time we pressed pause at the folds of honor quick trip 500 back in March to today NASCAR has worked very hard with the teams and the promoters and all other industry partners to make sure that they provided the product that they promised their fans from the get-go and let me tell you it hasn't been an easy feat to say the least I don't know what version of the schedule we're on right now but I can assure you it's not version three. It's more like version 103, um, but, but that's impressive. How is it going to finish up? I'll tell you what, going into this weekend, there's a lot of guys that are going to be battling very, very hard um, to try to make it to that next level of the playoffs as we cycle down to the final four in Phoenix. Um, you know, I, I want to say that our, our boy Chase Elliott from Dawsonville, Georgia, is going to be right there in the mix and have as good a shot as any to win the championship. But I'd be lying if I told you that uh, it's going to be easy to get past either Kevin Harvick or Denny Hamlin. They've been on such a tear 
for this last – port really all season. I shouldn't even say the last portion of, of the season here. Um, they're going to be tough to beat, but my pick is Chase Elliott in the number nine uh, Chevrolet Camaro. Well, you and I apparently both go way back because when you're now rooting for children of drivers that you used to root for, um, I guess that's that's indicative of age. Since you've been at the track so long, I mean, I'm just thinking here, you know, Earnhardt, Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon, uh, you know, back into the 90s. Uh, I don't remember exactly when Richard Petty retired, but um, it was at AMS. I remember that being his final race. Just you've seen some fantastic legendary drivers uh any moments stand out with you at ams or a a driver interaction that you've had personally well you know one of the things that draws so many people to our sport is the connectivity to to the competitors and to have the ability to meet talk to spend some time with so many of these drivers uh they really are for the most part just down to earth normal dudes um, that are easy to be around and, and very, very likable. I can tell you that from a racing um, standpoint, the most memorable moment I've been blessed to be a part of would be Kevin Harvick's first win in the uh, 29 car after Dale Earnhardt's passing. You know, it was such a sentimental time, such a momentous victory for that team, for Kevin Harvick. It's hard to, to beat that for sure. You know, and, and beating Jeff Gordon as they come to the line um, you know, even, even made it that much more special to a lot of people, but, uh, but no, a lot of close racing finishes at Atlanta Motor Speedway. We've been, uh, running 500 mile races since July 31st, 1960, the July 11th Quaker state 400 presented by Walmart will only be the sixth race raced at Atlanta Motor Speedway in the month of July. We raced in July in 1960, 1961, 1972, 73, and 74. So somebody's going to put their name on a a very elite name of, of drivers that have won races here in July. How is the, uh, as I recall, the track was paved last in the late nineties. How is the track itself holding up and does it need a, a new pavement soon? Yes, it does. The, the track surface is 23 years old. Were it not for all of the hard work put in annually by our operations department, we probably would have had to pave the track some time ago, but it was last paved. Um, before the 1997 November race. Oh, wow. So it's 23 years old. It's it's not sooner or later are we going to pave. It's definitely sooner. And so we, we, we've got some uh, pretty exciting things to uh, to announce once we start that repave, but it definitely will have to take place very, very soon. Um, we, will, we will see when that takes place, but uh, the, the asphalt is definitely worn out. But Oddly enough, you know, the racers love the asphalt. It, it, it creates uh, the ability for them to have to really drive and manhandle the track. So it's almost like a, an asphalt dirt track. You know, if the car's sliding around after a few laps because the tires are getting eat, uh, eat up because the aggregate of the track is just wearing out those tires, um, it presents a fun, racy surface for them. Um, but we will have to repave really, really soon. Any timeline on that? Do you know? Don't have a timeline right now, but uh, again, sooner rather than later, I think you would see it coming up um, at some point within the next couple of years. You mentioned the drivers kind of, it reminds them a little bit of maybe being on dirt, which probably goes back to their roots. The fact that NASCAR is adding the uh, the dirt race next year at Bristol, I mean, that goes back to the roots of NASCAR in general, you know, from the moonshiners. 
<laughs> which, which ironically started in North Georgia. You know, so many people don't know that the roots of, of NASCAR racing really go back and start in the, the state of Georgia. You know, so many of the early pioneers of our sport worked and lived in, in Atlanta and uh, they would pack up the family car and drive to the local racetrack and, uh, and change tires from street tires to racing tires and uh, go racing. So, um, you know, it's pretty cool to, to have the roots of, of our industry in our state. We've now got our second race date back for 2021. Hope the fans will support it. Uh, I know we're real excited about it. Well, I do appreciate that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, having that second race back is fantastic. I know you guys have worked hard for it. It's been a been a decade. So um, I know NASCAR fans are happy. So thanks to you and Ed and everybody on your team, whoever helped worked on it with NASCAR to get that second race back. Should be a great year of racing in 2021. Of course, the finish for the 2020 season is going to be fantastic as well. Uh, I am rooting for Chase. Uh, you, 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 uh, indicated that you're hopefully, you know, rooting for chase a little bit as well. We'll just see what happens. I don't think he's ever made it to the final four. Um, I think it's a goal of his to make it to the final four this year, if nothing else. So hopefully he'll, he will at least do that. Um, but absolutely. I think all the drivers share that goal. If they can make it to that final four, then there's a shot. And if history repeats itself, not only do you have to make it to the final four, but you have to win when, when you get to that final race. So It'll be fun to watch. It has been to this point. There's a lot of key races coming up uh, that could tell the tale for the for who makes it to the Final Four. So it's been an exciting year to this point. Um, you know, viewership has been up. Digital and social platforms have been up. So uh, although it's been a weird year, it's been what I would say a very successful year for the industry. Well, that's fantastic news. And Brandon, again, thank you for joining us here on the Boss Podcast. And thank you to you and your team for getting a second race secured there at Atlanta Motor Speedway. This is going to be awesome as we head into 2021. We try to get our lives back to normal, get through the pandemic. But again, thank you so much. I'm Roger Manus, and you have been listening to the Business of Southern Sports, the Boss Podcast. The Boss has been brought to you by Dirty Girl Mixers. Get your mix fix. And by Rectech Grills. Join the Rectech lifestyle. The Boss Podcast is a copyrighted presentation of Big Dog Productions Incorporated. You can find us online at bigdogproductions.tv. For more episodes of The Boss, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or log on to thebosspodcast.net. <laughs>